May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Christ is risen. Happy Mother's Day. I pray that this is a day for you filled with wonderful memories about mom or whoever it was that filled that role in your life. And happy thoughts about your opportunity to to be a mom and all the blessings that that brings. You know, just just thinking mom thoughts. I think one of the most mom images, at least to me, is the child, and so here I'm picturing me, sitting on the lap of mom as she reads a book. Right? I mean, can you can you picture that kind of the Norman Rockwell? This is what what motherhood is, right? That, that closeness, the, the physical contact, and then and, and the lessons that are learned. And I want to get real specific here. The book she's reading today is Horton Hatches an Egg. You familiar with that one? That was one of Dr. Seuss's first. It was the same Horton the Elephant who years later would hear a who. He got famous for that one, not so famous for Horton Hatches an Egg. But, but in this story, uh, Horton comes across uh, the lazy bird Maisie who didn't want to sit on her egg anymore and asked Horton, just give her a quick break. And, and he promised he would, he would take care of that egg until she got back. And, and then she left never intending to come back. And page after page, we have Horton sitting there on that egg and it's cold and it's snowy and it's stormy and it's hard and people are mocking but Horton doesn't leave he's faithful to his word because like he says I meant what I said and I said what I meant an elephant's faithful 100% so I, I painted that picture today because in God's word for today we have an even more powerful picture than child sitting on mom's lap as mom shows that child love by, 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 by teaching the lessons that are in that book, lessons like faithfulness and, and skills like, like reading. Even more powerful than that, today we have the picture of the Good Shepherd. It's Good Shepherd Sunday. Right? Our, our gospel lesson is from John 10, where Jesus calls himself again and again the Good Shepherd. Our psalm, you've sung it in two of our hymns already. Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. It's a powerful picture. I, I could spend the rest of the sermon just talking about that picture, but I think you've already got that one in your head. So let's focus now on, on the message of our Good Shepherd that we get to hear today. And his message? Jesus is Christ 100%. He did what he said, and he said what he meant. John 10 is a collection of discussions that Jesus has with his disciples and and with others. This one is actually with, with some enemies. These discussions are all, they have the same theme. It's about Jesus being the good shepherd. And this is the last one. This is the one from from the last time he was in Jerusalem before he would come back for Holy Week when when everything happened. This was he was there for the festival or the feast of dedication. This wasn't one of those Old Testament mandated festivals that every Jew had to go to every year. In fact, this feast didn't come about until after the Old Testament was written because it was it was a festival to mark what happened in 164 B.C. when the Jews revolted against the wicked king Antiochus Epiphanes 
who had desecrated the temple. And, and Judas Maccabeus led this great revolt and, and miraculous victory, and then they rededicated the temple. So every year then, they had this festival to mark that great victory, that rescue, and that dedication of the temple. You probably know it by the name that it goes by today, Hanukkah. Right, so that's what Jesus is there for. And so context of this discussion, the people would have had this picture of rescue in their minds. That's what the whole festival was about. And especially now because, because yeah, they had gotten rid of those Seleucids in 164, but now it was the Romans who had them under their thumbs. So these Jewish leaders surround Jesus and they demand of him, tell us, are you the Messiah, the, the Christ, the rescuer that God has promised. And you look at how the conversation goes and you can tell they, they are certain that he is not. They just want him to say it so that they have something they can hold against him and call him a fraud and get rid of him. Every time Jesus had discussed his divinity with them, they didn't fall down and worship, they attacked. And this time was no different. In the verses right after our text, they're picking up stones to kill him. So listen to what Jesus says to them. Verse 25. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. And then he goes on to to give them proof. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. He did what was said about him, the Messiah, the Christ. The rescuer. Right? The one who said before Abraham was born, I am, he was claiming divinity there, was the very same one who healed the sick and cast out demons and gave sight to the blind and even life to the dead. Jesus is Christ 100%. He did what he said. But it wasn't the proof that they were looking for, right? I mean, the the Romans were still in power. Where's this rescue, rescuer? So this couldn't possibly be the guy. You see the problem. Jesus had come to do everything that God had promised his rescuer would do. He came to speak the truth, and he did. It's just that they didn't like a lot of the things he was saying, and so they said it wasn't true. He came to help and to heal people, and he did. It's just that they didn't like that some of the people he healed were not people that they thought deserved it. He came to establish a kingdom, and he did. It's just that it wasn't the sword and spear kind of kingdom. It was the spirit and truth kind of kingdom. Jesus is Christ 100%. He did what he said But they had been looking for him to do what they said. Do we ever fall into that trap? Jesus, I'm I'm faithful. I shouldn't have to go through this suffering, right? We might not say it out loud, but boy, you've thought it. We've acted on it. Lord, life should not be this hard. So I'm I'm just going to start doing things my way And that way I can avoid some of the pain that comes from doing things your way. How does that work out for us? Listen to what Jesus 
says to them. To the Jews surrounding him, verse 26, you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. Ouch. Every time we choose our own way instead of God's, that's what we're saying. Every time we try to find strength in our own smarts, choosing our desires instead of God's for our lives, every time we decide to stand up for ourselves instead of sacrificially forgiving, every time we want to follow the way the world talks and thinks instead of the way God does, every time our actions declare that we are not his sheep, that's a scary place to be. But remember that story Jesus told? about the shepherd who had a hundred sheep and he left the comfortable place to go to the scary place to find, to seek, to, to bring back that sheep that was wandering. That's our good shepherd and we are that sheep. And here he has brought us back here to his word where we can hear his voice, where we can listen to his voice. That shows us that, yes, Jesus is Christ 100%. He did what he said. And so like those Jews of that day, we can demand, Jesus, show us plainly. Are you the Christ? And he does. On the cross. The blood he shed. The good shepherd dying for the sheep. The grief he endured as a result of my sin, my failures. The life he gave to protect us from the prowling lion. The prophecies he fulfilled. He did what was said about him. And he meant what he said. Jesus means what he says to us. Even though we don't deserve it, he calls you my sheep. Because he said what he, but because he did what he said he would do for us. Look at verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Thank God it's a gift. Because all too often there are way too many times when we don't do what he said. So he gives us not what we deserve, but what we need, like that good shepherd making us lie down in green pastures, leading us beside quiet waters, restoring our souls. He speaks, and his sheep listen and thrive. I mean, that's what's happening here. That's what happens when you open your Bible at home. The good shepherd speaks. And the message, Jesus is Christ, 100%. He did what he said, and he said what he meant. He means what he says to you. So let's just walk right through what he says to you in this text, because there's some powerful stuff here. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. God knows you. He knows you by name. The Bible says your names are written on the palm of his hand. He knows how many hairs are on your head. In the waters of baptism, he called you by name and he placed his name on yours. You are his. 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Your good shepherd has put into your life people who have led you here to him. This Mother's Day, thank God, if one of those people was your mom, who didn't just read Dr. Seuss to you on her lap, but helped you to to hear the voice of your good shepherd, helped you to recognize that so that you would know it. And whether your mom did or not, someone led you here. Your good shepherd has given you this church where you know you will hear what your good shepherd says, not always what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. He goes on, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, they follow me, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. These are not just words for your good shepherd. He proved them by conquering death. Christ is risen. So death can't conquer you. You will never perish forever because, well, he goes on, no one can snatch them out of my hand, out of God's all-powerful hand. Some will try, plenty will try. But listening to your good shepherd's voice, staying in him, they will not succeed. That's why Paul wrote what he did in Romans 8, that he was convinced that Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is Christ, 100%. He did what he said, and he said what he meant. So listen to him. Make that your habit, that, that daily time in his word, reading, hearing, listening to your shepherd's voice. Come here and hear your shepherd's voice through, their, through his under-shepherds. Make Bible study a, a part of your life as you train your ears to hear his voice among the, the, the many different voices that are out there calling for your attention. He doesn't tell you that your life will be free from troubles, he tells you he's overcome them. He doesn't tell you that no one or nothing will attack. He just says they won't be able to pluck you out of his hand, out of God's hand. He doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. He tells you what you need to hear. Jesus is Christ, 100%. He did what he said, and he said what he meant. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed printed on page 12 in the bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated.
perfect shepherd of the sheep. You care deeply for your children. You were willing to lay down your life for them so that they would never perish, but instead have received eternal life. Give us hearts that trust in you as our rescuer from every lie of Satan. Help us to abandon our own wisdom and instead trust in your plans. Keep us close to your chest so that no one can snatch us away from you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, thank you for all the good gifts that you have given your tender flock. Today we especially thank you for the gift of mothers who have provided for us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You've provided these special women in our lives to nurture us in our walk of faith. Let us never take them for granted, but let us love our mothers as you have loved us. Keep our mothers in your precious care, Lord, so that they may continue to serve you by loving their families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace, be with all in the flock who are under distress of all kinds. Bring clarity to those whose minds feel cloudy and exhausted by the trials of life. Mend the hearts of those experiencing loss, especially those who no longer have a mother who is around to support and protect them. Strengthen the weak and be with all those who are suffering, especially Alice Tim, the mother of Gail Burkhalter, who is undergoing cancer treatment. Give Alice peace throughout the treatment process and restore her to health if it is your will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. At this time, we now collect our offering, our gifts of thanks and praise to God. At this time, we're also passing out our friendship registers. Please fill these out so that we can continue what we've been called to do here at Abiding Grace. Encourage one another on towards love and good deeds. <laughs> 